I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to the Statman Dave Football Podcast. No, this isn't Smooth FM. This is episode 12. And guys, we have made it. We have finally got the road mic and hopefully the audio sound. It sounds beautiful, I hope, guys. But anyway, today we're going to talk a bit of news. Then we're going to move on to a bit of a transfer rumour, a bit of transfer talk. Bernardo Silva to, of course, Chelsea, joining the Conte revolution potentially in the summer. And then we're going to finish off discussing a little bit of Leicester City versus Liverpool in the Premier League. But anyway, guys, before we start, if you are new to the podcast, please submit a review to iTunes because the audio has just gone insane. Please tell everyone about it. Write a little review. Dave, your audio is sick. Love the content banging all those types of things I'd be it'd be much appreciated and obviously it'd be spreading the world of the Statman Dave football podcast and of course if you're on YouTube hit that like button because the audio has gone boom sick in the head but anyway guys let's get to the news so first up let's go to Spain and Deportivo La Coruña have appointed Pepe Mel ex West Brom manager uh, to uh, take charge of the North Spanish side I was just thinking about Deportivo La Coruña because they're one of those teams that, you know, they were a classic team. When I was growing up, Deportivo La Coruña, one of the best teams in Spain. They won the uh, La Liga in, in 99. Their team was fantastic going back and looking at the squad. You know, the likes of Roy Mackay, Mario Silva, um, Fran. There was just so many good Diego Tristan. There were so many top, top players in a bet that moved to Tottenham. Um, and it was a really decent side. And I'm quite a, quite sad that Deportivo, like a run you have fallen out. I think it was a, you know, some sort of financial problems that they, they had uh, that made them drop out and be non, you know, less competitive in La Liga and obviously the relegations and so forth haven't been good. But Pepe Mel is regarded quite well in, in Spain. His last spell was with um, Real Betis and he did a good job over there. They played some pretty good football um, and I think he pushed them out of being relegated as well. So it was a similar thing where he picked them up at about 17 and turned them into a, a solid mid-table side. So expecting big things over there. In other news, Andy Carroll um, has been apparently, there's a few Chinese clubs looking at him. Three bids apparently rejected according to uh, Sky Sports News sources. Um, imagine Andy Carroll in, in in China though. What a what a laugh that would be. I can just imagine causing absolute havoc on the absolute piss in Beijing or something, getting wrecked and then turning up and scoring bicycle kicks. Could be a good move for Andy Carroll though. You know, 
why not take all that money, sit, enjoy yourself, and then maybe return to uh, you know an English club later on in his career. And finally, uh, Peter Moore has been appointed as a Liverpool CEO. That Peter Moore is uh, was ex uh, EA Sports, was the chief executive and president over there. So it's an interesting move for Liverpool. EA Sports obviously um, have the biggest game on the market, that is FIFA, and that's gone from strength to strength in recent years and really destroyed its rival in Pro Evolution Soccer. So it could be a good move for Liverpool in a commercial way. You know, you see the likes of Manchester United uh, dominating uh, commercially in recent years with the sponsorship of Adidas and so forth. So maybe it's a good move for Liverpool to get someone in like that that is new sort of. New age, new media, uh, and so forth. But yeah, and a good appointment for Liverpool. But anyway, that's enough of the news, guys. Let's move on to talking about the big subject, and that is Bernardo Silva to Chelsea. So it was reported in the Times last week um, that the Monaco president had come out, or the Monaco vice president had come out to say three major European giants had been, you know, sniffing around Bernardo Silva and very, very interested in making a bid. The Times reporting, in fact, Chelsea had made a £70 million bid for Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva is a player that um, started his life in the Benfica Academy before being bought uh, over to Monaco. There's been a, quite a few moves that have, that been, have been from uh, Portugal to Monaco. Um, uh, with the, all the agents and, and super agents that are linked with with both of the clubs, you think of someone like James Rodriguez, another great number of ten, who was at Monaco after a, a really good spell at Porto. In terms of what Bernardo Silva is, uh, he's a tricky playmaker. He first grabbed my attention um, in the European Championships at the Under-21 tournament in 2015. The Portuguese team was my favourite team in the tournament by a country mile. It had the likes of William Carvalho, Jao Mario, Bernardo Silva, uh, Rafael Guerrero, who all shone in the tournament and they... They played a lot better football than the the, the champions um, Sweden, but they obviously they went through sheer might and determination, and grit, and a tight tight unit that won the the final. But this Portuguese team was really good. William Carvalho won Player of the Tournament uh, that that year, and is he just put in some real good performances from defensive midfield. They actually played a four four two narrow diamond. Uh, William Carvalho at the bottom of the tip, Bernardo Silva at the top, and that's where Bernardo Silva really grabbed my attention. He was very silky on the ball, uh, short height, good stature, good agility, could could shift the ball very well, and he had an eye for a goal and, and a pass. And that was where he first sort of he shone for me. But he's he's really stepped up his game in the last few seasons at Monaco. This season, um, he's been positioned mainly on the right-hand side of, of Yardim's 4-4-2 at Monaco. Monaco, if you haven't um, seen them this season, I've spoke a lot about Monaco. I'm a big, big fan of their 4-4-2. It's sort of got my, my love of the 4-4-2 back with them, with Salt, with uh, Red Bull Leipzig, and of course with uh, Juventus playing that shape this season. Playing it in very different ways, but I really like how Monaco play it. So Bernardo Silva plays on the right-hand side for Monaco, but he sort of comes in and becomes a playmaker. It's a little bit like um, what I envisaged the uh, golden uh, diamond, no, got the golden square, sorry, that Brazil had in the 1980. Six World Cup was it? No, it was a bit earlier than that. With uh, Zico um, playing it with with a few other playmakers and having sort of two defensive midfielders and two playmakers. That's how Monaco set up. So Bernardo Silva is coming in from the right hand side and operating in the inside right channel, and uh, Lemar on the other side in the inside right channel. But what Bernardo Silva is is a very good playmaker. He links with the fullback very well. So. In terms of how um, Monaco attack, they come very narrow in that final third. Silva and Lamar moving inside to play short passes with the forwards. The two defensive midfielders very much holding, but they do get great overlaps. And that's a great thing that Bernardo Silva's got is he, he knows his responsibility in the team to drift in, but open up space on the, the overlap and has a really good relationship with uh, Chore and, um, of course, Sidibi, who they've rotated at right fullback this season. 
In terms of the assist uh, goal scorer combination at Monaco this season, the highest combination is uh, Torre to Silva. And it's, a, it's some slightly different assists, some balls to the back post for Silva to drift in there and score headers, but also some short passes so Silva can use his left foot. One of his big strengths, Bernardo Silva, for me, is his finishing. He's quite like David Silva in his how he plays football, how he uses his agility, uses his touch, uses his great left foot to cut in, to create. It was quite like Silva at, uh, David Silva, that is, at Valencia. But what's Bernardo Silva? Silva has that David Silva has never had is the ability to sh- hit shots from range and have power in those shots. And that's kind of a trademark from Bernardo Silva's those low daisy cutters into the bottom corners. If we look at his shot accuracy this season in uh, Liga, it's absolutely fantastic at 60%. That's really at the elite level and his chance conversion 21%. Again, at a very elite level for a midfielder. Considering he takes shots from outside the area, again, it shows his ability to hit the target, but it is those low daisy cutters. We saw one uh, in one of the biggest games this season where uh, Monaco were down uh, one goal to nil against PSG away at the Parc de France, a big, big game considering where PSG are in the league um, at the moment um, with, I think, their second with Monaco at top. Ball came to Bernardo Silva, a little cutback. I think it was um, maybe Fabinho had had pushed out to that right wing. Little cutback to Bernardo Silva, just drove in and a lovely low shot into the bottom right corner. And that is a skill that he's possessed. And wherever he goes next, they'll have a great talent and a goal-scoring threat from range. In terms of Liga, over the last few seasons, he scored more goals than any other midfielder under the age of 23. Um you know nine goals last year five goals so far this season or six goals sorry so far this season and it is that threat from range but also he's got other goals in his locker his other big strength for me is his ability to carry the ball seamlessly over distance the two big ones that stand out for me this season come against two English clubs first up the the game against Tottenham in fact I was at Wembley Bernardo Silva didn't didn't play on the right hand side for that game he actually played off Falcao he played as sort of a second striker but his goal he scored against Tottenham was fantastic picked up the ball on the halfway line drove um, from the right wing inside cutting into onto that stronger left foot went past Tottenham's defensive midfielder went past their, their, the fullback that came into cover and then went past the centre back and put the ball into the back of net with a fantastic finish with his left foot but it was so seamless how he carried the ball and it was at so ease and it's sort of a little bit Lionel Messi-esque of how he carries the ball, how it's all left foot, little touches, little touches, little touches, but then going around and being a little bit explosive to, to beat players. You know, and we go against the, the game in the Champions League against Manchester City, where arguably had his best performance of the season for me. Although Monaco did lose the game, Bernardo Silva was fantastic. That moment where he pulled to the right wing, um, beat the... I think it was Bakary Sagna playing right back, beat him, beat a defensive midfielder, came in on a little nutmeg on Yaya Torre to a through ball. And that's what Bernardo Silva is. He's a modern day playmaker. He can shoot from range. He can play those long through balls. He can dribble past players and then he can get, you know, play one twos and get into the penalty area. So he'll be a massive asset in terms of getting goals and getting assists for any team that picks him up. In terms of other strengths, of course, um, we've got to talk about his link-up play with the fullback I mentioned before in terms of how he links up so well with fullbacks, which could be a good strength for Chelsea, but we'll talk about how he'll fit in a little bit later on. Going back to that game against Manchester City, the stats in terms of um, completing passes in the final third and the dribbles that really shone for Bernardo Silva in a game that Manchester City dominated possession it's quite unnatural for a player on the other team to have completed more passes in the final third in fact 21 passes in the final third for Bernardo Silva and completing more dribbles than any other player 
there. So it was a real good impact on that bench. And if you haven't seen Monaco this season, that is one of their strengths. And that's why so many Monaco players have been touted to join the likes of Chelsea, to join the likes of um, Manchester United, because tactically they're so good. Yardim set them up in a way where tactically they're so strong. They, they make those two banks of fours and there's a lot of responsibility for all the players in a tactical sense, in a defensive sense, in an organisation sense. Bernardo Silva knows his job at right midfield. He knows he's got to drop back and he's got to protect his fullback. And for a player that his strengths are going forward, his strengths are on the ball, his strengths are playmaking, it shows great tactical nous, but also great under, a great understanding at, you know, of, of, uh, for a player of, of such a young age. So I quite like how he's already got that. And again, it's the counter-attack. That's why these teams are coming in for Monaco players. The likes of Bakayoko, the likes of um, Fabinho, the likes of Mbappe, is because they're so good on the break. And it's these components, the likes of Silva, Lamar, that make Monaco such a, a great side to watch and, you know, would instantly fit into a Manchester United to play on the break. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Will play on the break on the Mourinho's um, reign. Conte, who play on the break, is that they can break. They, they're structurally very good. The players understand. So Bernardo Silva knows when to drop back to cover his fullback, but then he knows when to go and when to break. And there's been some fantastic counter-attacking moves from Monaco this season that have been orchestrated from that right-hand side for Bernardo Silva, picking up the ball, drifting inside, maybe popping a little one-two of Lamar and then getting involved with Falcao, Jermaine, Mbappe, whoever's playing up top. And it's it's a, a really nice team and that is why people are looking at Monaco and going, okay, can we pull some of these players out because they play a similar style of football to what we want to do? Can we get them into our side? And that's why I think um, there's a lot of talent in Monaco that potentially might move on in the summer. But anyway, moving on to how he will fit into the Chelsea team. So Chelsea this season, we all know, set up in a 3-4-3. Three, three. So Bernardo Silva pretty much uh, would be playing one of those three forward roles. In terms of their midfield this season, Chelsea have been going with Kante uh, and Matic. Conte has been going with Kante and Matic um, instead of Fabregas in central midfield, although we've seen Fabregas pop into the side in recent weeks and done very, very well in their creative sense to unlock deeper defences. But they like structure, they like power in that midfield. Again, Bakayoko heavily linked with Chelsea could easily come in and play um, Matic's role and it would work quite well because he's been playing on the left-hand side of a defensive midfielder pairing at Monaco with Fabinho. Um, so you can imagine Bakayoko comes in, sex, sit next to Kante. That is a very aggressive, ball-winning central midfield pairing, but we're not talking about him today. Uh, so in terms of Bernardo Silva, where he'd probably play, would be on the right-hand side. You imagine Pedro's done a very good role in terms of uh, goals, assists, 
playing a structured role and covering his fullback, covering Victor Moses, who defensively is a little bit weaker than uh, Marcus Alonso on the other side. So structurally, it could work out quite well. Bernardo Silva coming in and just sitting and, and being a playmaker, sort of what Eden Hazard has done on the other side. And give uh, Chelsea a great fluidity in their attack. You could see it. Uh, those two players drifting inside and combining similar to how Lamar and Silva do at Monaco and have Lamar and Hazard very narrow behind uh, Costa or potentially uh, they could pl- both play very wide They're both capable of playing wide cutting into their stronger right foot or potentially Silva drifting inside becoming a number 10 Hazard joining Costa as a strike force so this signing would give Chelsea great flexibility um, great positional sense in terms of Pedro though I've liked what he's done this season especially at home uh, in the 12 games that Chelsea have played at home uh, this season uh, well Pedro's played for Chelsea this season um, he's come out quite well uh, scoring six goals and sorry scoring five goals and getting six assists in those 12 games so he's done a very good role so Pedro um, has done very well this season for Chelsea they're probably going to win the league if you're looking at the the points uh, difference in Europe's top five leagues between first and second place in the Premier League is the biggest margin at the moment at 10 points so Chelsea look like they're going to win the league but of course what we need to do is we need to take the lesson from Leicester City we're going to speak about a bit later on in the podcast is that you've got to evolve your side and signing someone like Bernardo Silva would really evolve that front three and it would no longer be as Hazard is the main creative hub there. There'd be two main creators. I've liked what William's done when he's come in, when he's played for Chelsea this season. But I think Bernardo Silva is a little bit more of a, an elite playmaker. I love what William is. His work rate is his free kicks is, are a great asset. He's shooting from long range. But I think Bernardo Silva is a step up in terms of technical ability, in terms of his passing range, his vision, his finishing is a bit better. And he is at that next level, the Portuguese international. So I think that he'll be a really good fit for Chelsea, how, how it would come in in terms of price. Um, 70 million is a lot of money, but in this market, we don't know. In terms of other clubs he fit in, Manchester United, United are heavily linked, but I think they've got a lot of attacking strength right now in that band of attacking midfield with Antoine Griezmann potentially coming in in the summer. I feel like signing Bernardo Silva wouldn't be in United's best interest when potentially they could look to uh, strengthening it potentially at defensive midfield with Michael Carrick going out there. So I think there's other options there. But again, would be a good fit for Manchester United. Can play second striker, can play on that right-hand side. I do like the the Mickey Matter relationship this season. The Mickey Silver relationship would be similar. Or even Manchester City. Um, I don't know where he'd fit there as well. They've got a lot of attacking talent. But if um, you know Guardiola wants his man after the performance uh, in that absolute classic game in the Champions League it'd be absolutely perfect but for Chelsea I think he's the I think he's the right man to evolve this Conte team in the 4-3 th- sorry in the 3 I really feel he's the man to evolve Conte's 3-4-3 next season when Chelsea have won the Premier League. But anyway, guys, that's enough about Bernardo Silva to Chelsea. For me, it's a really top move. Let's move on to a bit of Leicester City versus Liverpool in the Premier League. So the game on Monday evening was an interesting one. Leicester City coming out, victors three goals to one. Jamie Vardy grabbing a brace. His first goal, in fact, in nine matches, which was really not good enough for the England international. For Liverpool, Coutinho grabbed the goal. And of course, Danny Drinkwater scored an absolute banger for Leicester City. But in terms of Liverpool, it's so frustrating. But in terms of Liverpool, it's so frustrating this season. They've been really poor um, against 4-4-2 deep blocks. And again, Leicester City have done well this season when teams have given them space. When Manchester City gave them space in behind, they destroyed them. When Liverpool have given them space in behind in this game, they've destroyed them. And it's so basic. We, we think of Jurgen Klopp, we think of Pep Guardiola, two of the best coaches in the league, but sometimes their approach 
is wrong. That is the, the wrong approach against Leicester City. You want to sit a bit deeper. You want to limit the space that Jamie Vardy can run into. And it's weird how these two coaches that have come from foreign leagues, that have come from um, La Liga, come from the Bundesliga, and of course Klopp from the Bundesliga, how they've not really changed their tactics in certain games and you saw how Pep Guardiola has been caught out against Southampton against Everton early on in the season when they're playing a back three and against Leicester City it's weird that they didn't they know they're not adjusting what they're doing and again Lucas at centre back I don't know what's going on there it was a shocking display from Lucas again he's so so poor we see Liverpool's problem is breaking team down that play this solid 4-4-2 this defensive 4-4-2 and give Liverpool the ball I think Jordan Henderson is a key man in there we'll mention him a little bit later on but in terms of what they're doing they're not using the ball well enough Emre Chan at defensive midfield I like what he does where he breaks up but is he good enough playing forward absolutely not and they, they massively miss Jordan Henderson's influence. In fact, Kev Blundell, the great um, squawker, social media manager, go and check him out on Twitter, did a great tweet. So Liverpool's uh, Premier League win rate since 2012-13. With Jordan Henderson, Liverpool have won 56.6% of their games. Without Jordan Henderson, they've won 25.7% of their games. So Henderson is giving them an extra 30% win rate. But it's so crucial tactically. Whenever Henderson plays, Liverpool are better playing forward. He's sort of become their Busquets in terms of how he takes it and plays those four passes into midfield and gets the likes of Coutinho, Mane on the ball. And without him, they really lack that. Can, uh, Emre Chan can't play that role. Um, you know, Wijnaldum can't play that role. Milner probably can't play that role if you were thinking about pulling him in for a left back. And Lucas can't play that role. So without him, they have nothing in that central midfield. Talking of central midfield, that nicely transitioned us on to the Leicester City uh, midfield, which potentially has finally found a little bit of a click. With Okazaki back in the side, giving them a great shield and a great pressuring point from the front, I feel like Ndidi and Drinkwater could be a good unit. Very different to Kante uh, Drinkwater. Kante Drinkwater was a, a brilliant midfield in terms of the distance they covered, the ground that they covered. Ndidi's a little bit different. He's more of a shield. He's a little bit more aggressive. And his stats um, against Liverpool's kind of make that out in terms of his tackles. He won seven tackles, seven aerial duels, made six clearances, two shots and one interception. But in terms of that, those stats, they, they paint a different picture to Kante. Last season Kante is more of your interception man and he's winning your tackles and Didi's playing a slightly different role he's being a bit more physical in the centre of the park he's winning tackles but more importantly he's winning those aerial duels so if teams are trying to test Leicester aerially and Didi's that guy in central midfield breaking that up but I also liked how he got into the penalty area from long throws you know we saw the Danny Drinkwater goal came from a long throw now it was that phase of play the long throw went in and Didi moved into the box and Drinkwater covered and that relationship there where Didi can go forward and Drinkwater can sit back that you know it's starting to, to look good and Again, Leicester City playing their 4-4-2 or the 4-4-1-1 with Okasaki in there looked a little bit better. But in terms of their intensity, they ran uh, 10 kilometres more than they've managed this season under Claudio Ranieri. So again, it's questioning their mentality and whether they were right under the Italian but it is a bit of a shame but credit to Leicester City getting out this little slump of course sometimes removing your manager is the right thing um, but again it's a bit upsetting Claudio Ranieri was a great manager in the Premier League but it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Drinkwater can he get his relationship back back with Jamie Vardy obviously last season four assists from within his own half pinging those balls into the channels and that's in fact how Leicester City scored their fourth goal and it's such a weakness of Liverpool it's weird how it's like you're playing cards and, and a card can counter another card in a way. Um, and that's exactly what this Leicester City team is to this current Liverpool team. It's the perfect counter. 
And that's what Jurgen Klopp needs to work on. He needs to work on this. He's playing a team that play balls into their channels. Maybe he's got to start with a back three. Maybe he's got to try something else because it was the same thing. A long ball uh, from Mark Albrighton into the channels for Jamie Vardy to chase. Vardy plays the ball across. They recycle the ball on the left-hand side. Mares to Fuchs. Fuchs with a great ball in Vardy to score. But it was a Leicester City goal that they've scored a lot uh, last season, time and time again. A long ball into the channels, win the second ball, get higher up the pitch, then create something with Mares. And it's weird how this looks like the... Per- this is Leicester City from last year. What happened to the Leicester City before this game? Where were they under Ranieri? I don't think they're going to get relegated anymore. They're going to comfortably stay up. It's more worrying for Liverpool. If they don't buck their ideas up, they're not going to make the top four. They've been knocked out the FA Cup, League Cup um, in 2017 and their form has been poor. Millwall have won more games and more games against Premier League opposition than Liverpool have managed in 2017. So it's big for Liverpool, big for Jürgen Klopp. This is a turning point of his tenure. He needs to make some big plays now. With players like Clavan on the bench and players like Lucas starting, I don't know what he's doing. And that has got to be the first thing he has got to address. But anyway, guys, that has been that for the Statman Day football podcast this week. Remember jump onto iTunes and write a review if you have joined the enjoyed the new audio obviously I've got to play with the new audio I've got to make sure it sounds perfect so it might take me a few days to get used to this new mic but thanks again for listening guys and you have been great in terms of your feedback once again remember to subscribe to me on YouTube check me out on Twitter and until tomorrow where we're potentially going to be talking some more football see you later thanks for listening softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.